So just, uh, I've got a few minutes just to try and, and just focus our attention a little bit. And as I was preparing for today, I was just reminded that not only are we here because of the most significant event in history, which is uh, the greatest gift of all time coming to mankind 2,000 years ago. So, so, so that is the main focus. That's, that's the 99.9999999999% of why we get to celebrate Christmas. But, but just for a moment, I want to draw your attention to the 0.0000001% of the other reason they were here today. And I believe that is because a young girl, probably a teenager at the time, had the courage to say yes to Jesus when, or yes to God when he tasked her with probably one of the most, if not the most risky assignments ever for a follower of God. Um, so we don't, want to, we don't want to elevate this to an unhealthy level, but I want to tell you that I'm grateful. If I think about it, I'm so grateful that a young lady was willing to say yes to God when he asked her to step up and risk everything and become the mother of the savior of the world. So I want to quickly take a look at a passage from one, uh, sorry, from Luke chapter one, verse 26, where it says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Now, just before we move on, let me just quickly emphasize for a moment that to have been engaged to be married in those days was basically like being married. It's not like some people, not many people, but some people approach engagement nowadays as like the next step in their relationship. Like we're engaged. So when you're getting married, sometime in the next five years. You know, like, like it's, it's kind of like the next level. Um, whereas back then, to be engaged was to already be in covenant. Um, you, you and I are just going through the final uh, elements of, of, of everything required to, to consummate that covenant. But for all intents and purposes, you were married. So here's a young girl who's basically already married, and she's about to be asked to risk everything. Gabriel, the angel, appears to her and says, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. And I don't know about you, but I'd love to know what that reaction was like on that day. I mean, I don't know if she was busy washing something, if she had just woken up in the morning, if she was on her way back from school. Like, I don't know what she was doing, but can you imagine, whatever it is, like you get, you get stopped and this angel appears to you and you know it's not because you had too much of something the night before, you're not smoking the good stuff. Like, like boom, there's an angel. And he's speaking to you, right? It goes on to explain her reaction. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. And I want to just tell you for a moment before we move on that it actually encourages me that someone who found favor with God could still be a little bit insecure and afraid. I think sometimes we think that people that are willing to say yes to God, people that are willing to, to be bold, to be courageous, to take a risk, I think we sometimes assume that they have some level of bulletproofness to them, where, where it's not intimidating, it's not scary for them. They just, they, they're just so tight with God that, that he says that they settle, boom, it's easy, no problem. I want to I just draw your attention for a moment. If you, if you go through the various stories in the Bible, um, fear was almost always an element, 
uh, present for people that actually had God coming and speaking to them. You, you just go through the Old Testament again and again. In fact, I would argue that almost every single story involves intimidation. There, there was first this, this sort of uh, fear and, and confusion. So I don't want you to be discouraged or put off if you ever sense God prompting you to do something and your first thought is, that's terrifying, that's intimidating, therefore it can't be God. God's not your grandmother, he's God. He's okay with you being scared. He's okay with you being intimidated. He's okay with you being terrified because then you actually need God. The only time you need faith is when there's a little bit of fear. Faith is not the absence of fear. In fact, I would argue that in many cases, fear is the precursor to faith. So unless there's this gap, unless there's this, this part that we can't do in our own strength, we don't need to exercise faith to trust God. So don't be discouraged. Don't be put off. Some of you are familiar with the story of Joshua, um, who, who led uh, the Israelites to eventually inhabit the promised land um, over and over and over again. In the first chapter of Joshua, God keeps telling him, not once, not twice, like over and over again, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. Why? Because he was terrified. You try leading a couple of million people to do anything, just to eat on time, let alone going to go conquer. Anytime God called Gideon, Moses, anybody, there was some fear and intimidation. But I love it that here we see a picture of Mary, who even though she was intimidated and afraid and confused, shows me that there had to have still been character. There had to have been humility. There had to have been something in her that God could entrust one of the most important assignments of all history into her hands. I love that passage in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, where it says that the eyes of the Lord scan the whole world looking for those who are fully devoted to him so that he can strengthen them, so that he can empower them. Like God is looking for people who will say yes enough on the small things that they may just be willing to say yes on the really big, scary things. And then he comes alongside that person and he breathes into them and he empowers them and he gives them the courage to take the next step. By the way, I don't know if, I don't know if God ever gives you the courage and the answers to take all the steps. That's why the Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. He gives you the courage and the strength to take the next step. Moses is called by God. He eventually, after arguing with him repeatedly, says yes. But it was really yes to the next step. Then God has to give him courage to take the next step. Then even, even after they've conquered the, 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 the Egyptians in a sense and, and, and they've allowed them to go, they get stuck at the Red Sea and Moses was really wanting to give up. Like if you just brought us here to kill us and God has to give him courage again. So don't be dismayed if you find it intimidating to say yes to some of the stuff that God might call you to. Verse 31, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. If this was said to a teenager today, they might not know the significance of it, but being said to a Jewish teenage girl in Palestine 2,000 years ago, she would know that this is what has been foretold for hundreds and actually thousands of years. She's being asked to carry and raise the Messiah. Like it's a big deal. It is a big <laughs> deal. Verse 34, Mary asked the angel, 
probably the most rational, logical question anybody could ask. How can this happen? I'm a virgin. I think sometimes we want to be able to understand how it's all going to happen in order to believe that it can happen. I want to propose to you that if it's God calling you to do something, you're almost guaranteed to not know how it's all going to happen. Because again, we just won't need God. Maybe he's prompting you to reconcile a relationship. Maybe he's, maybe he's challenging and been whispering to you to try and make a difference somewhere. Uh, maybe it's to, it's to sacrifice something. Maybe it's to change something. And, and, and in your mind, the idea of breaking that addiction or the idea of reconciling that relationship or the idea of ever making that impact that, that actually when, it, when you really boil it down is in your heart, in your mind, it's impossible. That's when you're ready for a miracle. That's when you're dependent on God to come and intervene and to do something supernatural. So where he takes your yes and he adds all of his power to achieve what he is wanting to achieve. Don't be discouraged or shocked or dismayed when you don't know how it's all going to work out. The angel answers her question saying that it's only going to be because of the Holy Spirit who will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. I love that, I love that phrase. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. You may not be picking up on this, but I've got such a strong conviction and burden and passion that God is wanting to do incredible things in your lives next year. And you look at it and you say, I don't know how. And God's saying, you don't have to know how. You're gonna need the Holy Spirit and you're gonna need the power of the Almighty God to overshadow you as you take one step at a time and as you say yes to the first step and keep saying yes to the next step and the next step and the next step. But if you will just say yes. You see, I think if we knew just what God could do, we would say yes to. If you just knew what God could do through you, I think you'd say yes too. I just think sometimes we get so distracted, so busy. I think the greatest attack, uh, the greatest strategy of the enemy is to keep us so busy and distracted that we, that, we, that we don't even dare to trust God for what he might actually want to do in us and through us. And I was saying this too the other day. We were just talking about some stuff that we feel God's wanting us to, to tackle and address. And I'm saying, I think, I, I'm saying even I think we'd be shocked to imagine what God could do if we will just continue to submit to whatever the next thing is that he's calling us to Adjust. You don't have to know how. You just have to invite and allow the Holy Spirit and the power of the Most High to overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren. So she was old and she was barren. But she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth, in her sixth month. I think the angel was trying to encourage her saying, listen, you, you think this is impossible? You're right. But that was impossible too, and look at what God has done. And that's the power of testimony, by the way. When you get to hear what God has done in other people's lives, something in you starts to well up where you say, okay, if God could do it through them, I know them, they're a curse. If God could use them, maybe God could do something in me or, or through me. Doesn't that encourage you when you, when you I know enough People that, 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 are, that have said yes to God and where God has used them, I know them well enough to know that they're ordinary people. 
They're not extraordinary, excepting in their level of yesness, in their level of surrender and willingness to try and have faith even when there's fear. And then verse 37, very important verse, says, for the word of God will never fail. The word of God will never fail. We have good reason to be insecure if we think it's just us trying to manufacture a goal or dream. And that's why I don't recommend that you just go to any self-help seminar that just gets you to paint the greatest picture of your life if it excludes God, because you wanna know what God's purpose is, not just what you would like. But when you know what God's purpose is, and when you know what God is calling you to and prompting you to, I wanna encourage you that the word of the Lord will never fail. In fact, that same verse, that same phrase in some of your Bibles actually says that with God, nothing is impossible. Is it possible that God is wanting to encourage you to trust Him for the impossible in 2019? I think so. I am, I, I'm absolutely confident that there's some of you sitting here right now and God is saying, if you would just trust me for the impossible, you have yet to see what God can do through a life that is surrendered to Him. And then the last verse, Mary responded, and this is the attitude that I'm encouraging you towards. I am the Lord's servant. In fact, there's a full stop. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. I am the Lord's servant. Full stop. May everything you have said come true. Can you imagine going into 2019 with that attitude of God, I'm your servant. I don't know what that's gonna look like. And some of it makes me scared. But let whatever you want, let whatever you have said, let your will be done. I promise you, it may not be the easiest year, but it'll be an adventure of a year. So I wanna encourage you to close your eyes just, just for a few moments. And I just want you to, where you're sitting, simply ask God, is there anything? God, while I'm sitting here quietly, and I wanna encourage you not to think about anyone next to you, anyone that you wish were here, don't be distracted for a moment, just you and God for a moment. God, is there anything that actually you've been prompting me towards, you've been whispering, you've been inviting. God, help me, help, me to, help me to remember what it is that you've actually been trying to say to me. And God, would you help me to say yes? Help me to say yes. Father, as we are maybe allowing you to remind us, for some of us, it might be instantly exciting. For others, it could be instantly intimidating. God, whatever it is, I pray that you would help us to discern where it is your voice and help us to say yes to your word. God, help us please, in Jesus' name, not to settle for surviving. Help us, God, please, not just to meander towards mediocrity and we would just get through another year, we would just get through another season. God, please, would you wake us up if we're falling asleep. Lord, if there are any of us sitting here right now who you would say, you're not dead, but you don't know what it is to live. Lord, for anyone that might be in that position right now, I pray that you'd help us to say yes to life. 
Yes to life. Yes to your purposes. Yes to your power. Yes to your leading. Yes to your forgiveness. Yes to your leading. Help us to trust you one step at a time and help us to keep trusting you for the next step and the next step and the next step. God, help us to do the work that we need to do to create that space. Help us not just to think it's all gonna just happen by chance because it's your will. Help us to, even in the new year, God, help us to create that space with something like 21 days where in our own personal, private capacity, without any pressure, intimidation, manipulation, we just choose to create space in our days where we get rid of stuff that's a distraction so that we can hear you, so that we can give the first part of our year to you, so that we can live the rest of our year for you, God. We want 2019 to be a year that is filled with you and filled with fruit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.